Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, where each week, Dr. Frank Domino, along with his guests, translates today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. Now, broadcasting from the University of Massachusetts Medical School in Worcester, Mass., your host, Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health, and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Your patient, Sarah, is here for her annual exam. She's 60 years old and has a past medical history of hypothyroidism, well-controlled hypertension, and migraine headaches. She has no chief complaint today, but has told the medical assistant that she's dreading the onset of winter. She already feels fatigued just thinking about it and asks, is there any pill or anything I can take to help treat this? This is Frank Domino, professor and family physician at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Joining me today is Jill Terrian, assistant professor and director, nurse practitioner specialty programs at the University of Massachusetts Medical School Graduate School of Nursing. Welcome to the show, Jill. Thank you, Frank. Wow, I can totally identify with Sarah. As the fall goes into winter, I always start feeling apprehension and a bit blue. What strategies can we offer, Sarah, as the year uh, reaches to the end? So it's interesting, and I'm glad Sarah said this to the medical assistant, you know, as, as they came into the room. Patients, you know, really put a lot of stress on themselves as we get into the winter season. There's a lot going on. The weather changes, especially here in New England, and um, people are affected by that. So I think that, you know, I want to know from patients like Sarah, you know, what is their typical day like and, and what are they doing and why do they feel this way and what are their symptoms so that I can adequately understand where she's coming from and we can talk about it in a shared uh, decision-making kind of way. Because there are many recommendations out there. They're not for everybody. And if you give several recommendations at a visit, you know, how many can be implemented. So I think it's tailoring it to your patient to see really what they can do. So Jill, what does the medical literature tell us about how we should be addressing Sarah's questions and concerns today? Looking at the Hunt study that was done in Norway, there were participants enrolled in 1984 to 1986, and what they did is that they looked at them again in 1995 to 1997. They controlled confounders and mediators. They looked for a healthy cohort, and they did logistic regression models specifically looking for any uh, depression and anxiety that may have been prevented by, in this case, exercise. And the exercise was pretty much anything that could be walking or swimming. They didn't, you know, ask too many, they didn't restrict it to any certain activities, but they found that the majority was walking and swimming. And what ended up happening is that they found that people that did anywhere from one to two hours of exercise a week uh, actually de had a decreased rate of depression. They also looked at anxiety, but anxiety was not prevented. So it sounds like small amounts of exercise, one to two hours a week, was fairly effective at preventing uh, the adverse effects of seasonally related depressive disorders. What other things can we help tell Sarah and all our patients about how to address uh, the change of season and how we know it might affect uh, us as individuals? Well, there is a lot of information out there 
And I think that basic is that um, we want to make sure uh, that Sarah is getting adequate rest and sleep, that she's getting proper nutrition, that she is um, got her blood pressure managed. Um, you know, and what is it about her social habits? You know, actually talking about alcohol, tobacco, and, and even illicit drugs to understand what is her personal risk and what's her uh, past medical history. Is there depression in her family? Uh, how has she felt, you know, other times? Uh, and what has she done? What practices that maybe helped her? I think what we can take is if she's not exercising currently right now, I think the good news is, is that even if she you know, does something one hour a week, it could make her feel better. And what the study, the Hunt study had found is that most people feel that benefit in the first hour of exercise. And that could be, you know, endorphin release um, and, you know, just having a, a feeling of, of control. In this study, was it required that the hour of exercise all occurred at once or could it have been spread out through the, out the week? It could be spread out throughout the week. That's great. Now, it's interesting you mentioned you have to look at her social factors, and we think of alcohol and tobacco and so forth, but I like the fact that you, you raise sleep as an issue um, and factors that have helped her in the past. I also think about factors that can actually make matters worse. Being isolated from family and friends or in conflict with family and friends can also make matters worse. Any thoughts about other non-pharmacologic measures like meditation or light therapy? Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, there is evidence that increasing daylight and light therapy during these dark winter months can help some people. Also, um, meditation or slash mindfulness, um, being aware of, you know, what's, what's happening to you in a day. I think that one thing we need to be better at, all of us, is unplugging for 10 minutes a day. And really, it's really hard. Time yourself and try to do nothing for 10 minutes. But it can recharge your batteries. And, um, you know, Sarah mentioned stress. You know, so what is the stress at work? Is it the long hours? Is it the commute? You know, can there be small changes in lifestyle that can enhance her, her positive feelings? And I also want to say, you know, as you're screening, Sarah, we can't forget about suicide um, and, and at least asking, you know, how, 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 what, how many symptoms are you having and how much is it affecting you? Because... You know, I think that we do have pills for everything, but we also know that they're not the absolute answer. But in cases of major depressive disorder, that may you need to do pharmacologic integration. Thank you, Jill. This is terrific information. Practice pointer. As the seasons change, be aware of patients' need for screening and evaluation of depressive symptoms and as little as one hour a week of regular exercise can help prevent the onset of seasonally related depression. Join us next time when we discuss the role of body modification and tattooing among young adults in the United States. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine brought to you by PrimeMed. For more information about the article referenced in today's episode, look under the resources section of the episode landing page. Need help reaching your CME credit goal this year? If so, please browse the more than 300 free CME accredited activities now available on PrimeMed.com. Thank you again for listening.